When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Hello there, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 346 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. We are all feeling the pinch, are we not? The pinch at the pump, the pinch at the grocery store. If I hear another news story about the price of eggs, I may just lose it. (laughs) I was talking to a friend and a neighbor the other day at the bus stop, and he's he was lamenting about the price of groceries. We were talking about where we shop, etc. And he said, you know, all I know is I fill up a bag of groceries at Market Basket, which here in the Northeast, by the way, Market Basket is a budget grocery store. So he says, I fill up a bag of groceries at Market Basket and it costs me 30 bucks. But when I go to Whole Foods and I fill up a basket with the same items, I pay 60 bucks. And so I thought to myself, after he made this comment, I thought to myself, what a great episode idea. If you're like my neighbor, you don't want to feed your family junk, but you also don't want to go poor. And so that's why on today's episode, we are discussing how to feed your family well without breaking the bank. I have a two-part show for you today. In part one, I am giving you four pre-tips, four precursors. So four things you need to know before we get into part two, which is a lengthy list of all the foods that I suggest you buy in bulk when they're on sale and why and what to do with them, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to get right into part one. Tip number one, when it comes to feeding your family well without breaking the bank, tip number one It might not be the most environmentally friendly tip. However, it is to be open to sacrificing convenience for lower prices. What does that mean? That means be willing to go to multiple stores for a single grocery shop. It may very well be worth it for you financially to go to two stores or three stores. And again, I say that this is not an environmentally friendly tip because We don't want to be driving all around town or towns to fulfill this one errand. That is not a good waste of our fuel. However, in the context of today's episode in which we're talking about saving money at the grocery store during a period of high inflation, going to multiple stores will definitely save you money. Speaking of going to multiple stores, let's go with the plan. Let's not just willy-nilly drive all around. That brings me to pre-tip number two, which is that if you're new to budget shopping, if you've 
tended to your whole adult life, gone to one grocery store, it pays, quite literally pays, to read the circulars and know what's on sale and make yourself a bit of a game plan. Now, I know circulars sound so 1992, don't they? Like the circular comes and you flip through them. Budget shopping, couponing, etc. has come a long way. There are handy dandy apps to help you keep track of what's on sale where. I use the Flip app. It's F-L-I-P-P. It's pretty darn good. It helps me keep track of, you know, what's on sale where. So I'm not carrying around a bunch of circulars and circling what I need with a black marker. (laughs) Pre-tip number three, when you are at any supermarket, make sure you go down the aisles that house your kitchen staples, even if you don't need any of the staple at the moment, right? For me, the staples that my kitchen always has on hand, it's those non-perishables that I know my family is going to eat, and it's those non-perishables that I know that if I'm in a pinch, I can create a meal off the top of my head. So what are they? It's always beans and rice and flour and pasta and canned tomatoes, all different kinds, the diced, the crushed, etc. If I have those things in my house, I know we will not go hungry because I can make something out of those items. And I know my kids will eat whatever I cook, mostly, probably, hopefully, fingers crossed. Make it a habit that even if you don't have beans or pasta on your list, make it a habit whenever you go to any grocery store to go down those aisles because those are staples. You know you're going to eat them. And if they are on sale, it would behoove you to buy them when they're on sale. Okay, so that's pre-tip number three. And finally, pre-tip number four is all about your freezer. We're going to be talking about freezing food today. We're going to be talking about foods that you didn't know you could freeze, etc. And so when we talk about freezing food, I think it's really darn important to have some sort of freezer plan in place because we can freeze food with the best of intentions, but if we forget we froze it, if we forget when we put it in the freezer, if we lose it to the recesses in the way, way back, and it gets freezer burn, all our efforts were pointless. This just happened to me the other day. My house has a deep freezer in the basement. And usually what happens is I stick stuff in it, and then I stick more stuff in it, and then stuff goes to the back, and I forget about it. And then a year later, I find a completely freezer-burned item that is completely unrecognizable because the layers of ice that's on top of it is so deep, I can't even see what's inside the package. Don't let that happen to you. I suggest what I've started doing, and I'll report back in six months to let you know if it works, but in my calendar, every six months, I have an alert now that says, check the freezer, like rotate it, right? Also, When you're putting stuff in the freezer, if you're putting a sticky note on it, make sure you write the date you put it in there. I do find that, yeah, I still eat stuff that's been in there a year. However, six months is like the cutoff, right? If you freeze things for three months, four months, they're probably, you know, still going to be freezer burn free if you package them correctly. But anything more than six months, the ice does start to accumulate, even if you are so diligent about freezing properly. So make sure you're writing the date when you put items 
in the freezer. Make sure you're rotating the freezer frequently so you know what you have. Make sure you're opening your freezer every few weeks and looking to see what you have so that when you go to the grocery store, you're not buying something that you already have that needs to be eaten. Get serious with your freezer plan. That's pre-tip number four. Now we are moving on to the main set of today's episode, which is the foods that you should buy when they're on sale. We're going to do pantry staples first, and then we're going to go to dairy. Then we're going to go to produce, and then we're going to finish it off with meat and fish if you eat meat and fish. So let's start with the pantry staples, shall we? Oh my gosh, so good. I already alluded to it, right? I already alluded to a couple of these, but the first is beans. Beans. If your family eats beans, okay, consider buying dried beans. They cost, so a bag of dried beans costs about the same as a can of beans, but will give you four times as much. Think about that for a hot minute. You're paying the same amount as a can, but you're getting four times as much. Your dollar is going four times further. You're also getting away from the BPA or BPS problem as it relates to canned food. You're also hopefully getting rid of the excess salt that so many canned varieties of beans add for freshness. So consider buying dry. Even better, consider buying dried beans from the bulk bin if you have one near you. Now, if the thought of making a recipe with dried beans sends you into a tailspin because it really does mean you have to start cooking that meal the day before. You almost always have to at least soak the beans, if not cook the beans. Please know that you can cook beans or um, soak beans and then drain most of the liquid and freeze those now ready beans in airtight containers to use later. Beans work really well in that regard in soups, in hummus, in veggie burgers if you're making those items. So dried beans over canned saves some money. Next up is those canned tomatoes, right? Canned tomatoes last for years and years and years in my pantry and I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to make something on the fly, needed a random can of diced, and yes, I have it on hand. Lucky me, I can continue on with whatever it is I'm cooking. So if they're on sale at the supermarket, stock up, buy a couple. Just keep them in the back of your pantry. I'm willing to bet you will use them at some point and you will thank me (laughs) when that day comes. The last food item I want to talk about when we talk about pantry staples is bread. We're a big bread-eating family. We also tend to be a big bread-going-moldy type of family. And I realized that the reason that our bread was going moldy before we got to eat it was because we were storing it in a bread box instead of in the fridge or even better, in the freezer. We have a built-in bread box in our kitchen You know, our kitchen was redone before we moved in and the people before us built in a bread box. It's like hidden. And I thought to myself, oh, this is so great. I don't have to look at the bread on the counter. But it really does nothing for keeping our bread fresh, especially in the humid summer months. So these days, we store bread either in the fridge or 
we slice it up, especially if it's like a baguette that's not already pre-sliced, and we store it in the freezer. It lasts way longer and it ensures that it actually gets eaten instead of going bad because food that's gone bad that we can't eat is really just money that we throw in the trash can, isn't it? (laughs) Now, just so you know, if you have stale bread, I mean, you could still eat stale bread, but it doesn't taste great. You've likely heard that you could make croutons with stale bread or French toast or breadcrumbs. You can also revive old bread by spritzing it with a little bit of water and putting it in the oven for 350 degrees for just like, I don't know, three minutes. So something to keep in mind. We have two ad breaks today, so we're going to take the first one now. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about dairy. And this is where the surprising facts, factoids, and tips are really going to hit you hard. So we'll be back in a minute after a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. Before the break, we discussed the pantry staples to buy when they're on sale and what to do with them. We discussed beans, dried beans preferably, canned tomatoes of all varieties, and bread. Now we're moving on to dairy. I'll just say right off the bat, I never know what to do with the cheese especially. Can you freeze it? Can you not? If so, for how long? So let's start there. Let's start with cheese. In preparing for this episode, I am not embarrassed to say that I did indeed Google, can you freeze cheese? Here's the answer. The answer is yes. You can freeze cheeses like mozzarella and cheddar. Yes, you can freeze it if you plan on melting it. If you plan on eating it non-melted, the texture is going to be off. So think if you're next time you're in the cheese aisle, could I freeze this and then you know, use it on something down the road. Just the other night, I made vegetarian enchiladas for my family. And, you know, you grate up cheese. I put cheddar on top. It was supposed to be Monterey Jack, but that's a whole nother story. I didn't have any. So we used cheddar. Nobody cared. I had to grate up some cheese and put it on top before baking. I could have used frozen cheese. Easy, right? Or every Friday night, my family makes a homemade pizza. We do the dough and the, you know, all the things. Like, yes, you can indeed buy mozzarella, cut it up, freeze it, and then thaw it, of course, and before putting it on your pizza. So when cheese is on sale, consider buying it and freezing it in your really darn organized freezer. Let's talk about butter. I mean, this shouldn't be really a surprise to anybody, but if butter is on sale, stock up and freeze it. You won't notice any difference whatsoever. This is what I do all the time, especially around the holidays when butter does tend to go on sale. Everybody's, you know, baking fancy desserts, pies, etc. And butter's on sale. I'll buy two or three boxes and I'll just leave them in the freezer. No harm, no foul. Butter is something we use all the time, and I do not want to run to the store to buy butter, and I never have to because I know I always have some in the freezer. Next up when it comes to dairy is eggs. We have to talk about eggs, right? The price of eggs. I heard a story about eggs just this morning, and the national price of eggs six months ago was a dollar thirty. And now the average price is $4 and something cents. Here in Massachusetts, we're way past $4 and something cents. I pay $7 for a dozen eggs. Anyways, if you spot eggs at a good price, 
why not buy two or even maybe three cartons if you're an egg-eating household? Eggs will keep for three on the low end to up to five weeks in the refrigerator, sometimes even longer. Now, here's where things get crazy, okay? I did not know this, and I'm so excited to try it. You can beat eggs and then freeze them in ice cube trays, and you can use them later when you make scrambled eggs or some other baked good that requires an egg or two. So consider that. So if you buy three dozen eggs at a really good price and you're thinking to yourself, you're cursing me out because you're thinking to yourself, Stephanie told me to buy more eggs and now they're all going to go bad. No, they're not. Just beat them up, pour them in ice cube trays, and then thaw them when you need them. Brilliant. I should say here too, back when my kids were younger and they were in preschool and they, you know, we couldn't bring peanut butter and jelly to lunch, for lunches, I was in the habit because I was a way better mom than I was younger and I had more energy, but I would make egg frittatas. Basically, they're egg muffins made at home, made in a, uh, a muffin tin, really. Eggs, some onion, I cut red pepper up really small. You can make a dozen egg frittatas. Just look for a recipe online or I'll add one into the show notes. And then you can freeze those. So your kids need something for lunch, pack them an egg frittata. You need a healthy breakfast with a lot of protein that's going to hold you, have an egg frittata. Done. So that's eggs. We cannot say goodbye to the dairy section before we talk about milk. If you still buy milk, like cow's milk, Milk is a really great example of an item whose price fluctuates widely depending on where you buy it. So definitely check out the circulars, the sales, the average prices at the variety of food stores near you, especially with milk. Also check out convenience stores. Sometimes you can find a good price on milk at a, you know, a 7-Eleven is what we have up here or a Cumberland Farms. I don't even know if Cumberland Farms still exists, but you know what I mean. And then if you are open to non-dairy milks, remember that alternative milks, so oat milks, almond milks, soy milks, et cetera, are typically cheaper than cow's milk in 2023, and these alternative milks last an awful lot longer, so you don't have to worry about the alternative milk spoiling as quickly. And if you're wondering, can you freeze milk? The answer, again, is yes. The consistency will change, right? So I wouldn't freeze milk and then put it in my cereal, per se, But if you have a recipe that calls for half a cup of milk, you can use previously frozen milk and your baked good will still taste unbelievably delicious. So now we are moving on to produce and produce is notoriously problematic. Is it not? I mean, it goes bad so fast. If I had to choose the number one item in my house that goes bad before we get around to eating it, it tends to be not necessarily the fruit because my kids like fruit more than vegetables. It's definitely vegetables, (laughs) definitely vegetables. So we'll talk about fruit first and then we'll talk about vegetables. When I go to the grocery store, well, first of all, let me back up and say, I only buy fruits and vegetables that are on the dirty dozen list 
organic. It's just what I do. I might be a little crunchy, very crunchy. I'm very crunchy and I'm okay with it. Um, But if it's on the Dirty Dozen, I'm buying organic and price be darned. That said, I am only buying the organic fruits, let's say, that are on sale. I don't go into a supermarket and say, hmm, I really have a hankering for raspberries today. (laughs) And then I buy the $8 a pint raspberry. No, I buy the fruits that are organic and are on sale. Whatever's on sale is what we're eating that week. So that's tip number one. If you find a great fruit that everybody likes on sale, buy a little extra. And then once everybody's sick of the fruit, this always happens in my house too. (laughs) I buy a berry. It's usually blueberries. They're on sale. They're organic. We eat half of the container and then like the big container. And then nobody wants the berries anymore. Well, you have two options. You can either freeze the berries. You can put them in some sort of baked good and then freeze the baked good. So you can put them in smoothies. There are so many options. So don't let the fact that fruits tend to go bad quickly stop you from buying them when they're on sale. When I have extra time, and especially during the summer when my family is going to the blueberry patch or the apple orchard or the strawberry patch to pick fresh fruit when it's in season, always try my darndest to make a baked good or two with the fruit we just picked and then freeze the baked good. This can be annoying (laughs) at the time, especially in the summer. I don't want to stand in the kitchen. I don't want to heat up the kitchen with the oven, etc. However, I'm always thankful after the fact because then if I'm going to somebody's house for dinner and I'm bringing the dessert or if I'm having people over and I need to serve dessert, I have something already made. It's already made. I just have to thaw it. I've already put in the upfront work, and I'm always thanking myself down the road. So it's something to think about. Let's move on to vegetables. Okay. I've gotten smart recently with vegetables. So first of all, I always buy organic if it's a dirty dozen item, and I always buy what's on sale. So even though, well, on sale if my family will eat it and like it, okay? I really love broccoli. My family eats broccoli. However, if it's not on sale, I'm not buying it. I'm gonna buy the zucchini if the zucchini's on sale or I'm gonna buy the, I don't know, sweet potatoes. So something to keep in mind. And my second tip when it comes to vegetables, speaking of sweet potatoes, is to opt for vegetables when in doubt, opt for vegetables that last a long time. Root vegetables tend to last an awful lot longer than the non-root vegetables, than the stuff that's in the refrigerated section of the supermarket, don't they? So cauliflower, carrots, the potatoes, onions, Brussels sprouts, maybe even, you know, a cabbage if your family likes cabbage. So go ahead and buy the hearty vegetables. You will get many more weeks of opportunity to eat them. So we're going to take one more quick ad break, and then when we come back, I have a few hints for those of you who are eating and enjoying meat and fish. So we'll get there. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow 
we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. In a quick minute. And we're back for one final time before the break. We discussed, what did we discuss? <laughs> I don't remember. My memory is really going. We discussed produce and we discussed dairy. And now we are on to the meat and fish portion of today's show. Meats tend to freeze really darn well. If you eat it and it's on sale, Buy it when it's on sale, right? And then put it in your well-organized freezer. If you are a single person or you do not have a large family, it might absolutely behoove you to take an item and separate it into smaller portions before freezing. So if you're buying a thing of chicken, a tray, what are they, a tray of chicken? I don't even know. And it has eight pieces of chicken in it. And you alone or you and your partner or you and your roommate are not going to eat eight pieces of chicken. Perhaps you separate them into four or even twos and freeze them that way. And that way you can take out what you need when you need it. Now, of course, too, if you have extra time and you're buying a meat item, ground meat, let's take for example, you have extra time and you want to whip up some meatballs with that ground meat and then freeze the meatballs, another great idea. You're saving yourself time down the road. So something to keep in mind. When it comes to fish, fish is one of those items where, you know, you could buy it in a bag like with a lot of different pieces inside. So I'm thinking like individual portions of salmon, each in plastic, and then maybe in a bigger bag, there are six individual portions of plastic. And that can be appealing to, again, people without a big family. They want to 
take out and unfreeze, you know, whatever they're going to eat, only what they're going to eat. The problem with those items, again, are those types of items at the supermarket, so six individually wrapped salmon portions, does tend to be more expensive than purchasing a piece of fish, salmon, let's say, that's on sale from the counter, from the actual human being, and then bringing it home and just cutting it up and separating it and then freezing it yourself. So consider buying that large piece of meat or fish if it's on sale and then separating it into smaller portions at home. That's always an option and it's almost always more economical. The final item I want to talk about when we talk about meat, for those of you who enjoy it, is the rotisserie chicken. (laughs) There are so many things you can do with a rotisserie chicken, right? You can obviously eat it over the course of a week. You can make chicken sandwiches. And then, of course, you can take the carcass and make a chicken soup. I mean, you can feed a lot of people many meals with a single rotisserie chicken. Hello, how many meals can we make? I would love for somebody to write to me and tell me how many meals they've made with a single rotisserie chicken from the supermarket. So rotisserie chicken, you don't have to cook it. You buy it pre-cooked. You can make sandwiches, salads, soups, chicken pot pie. I mean, we could go on and on with all the things you can make with a single rotisserie chicken. Look in those circulars, look and see what store has the rotisserie chicken on sale and buy one. Maybe if you have a large family, you buy two. Dinner's done for the next few nights at least. So those are my tips for what you should buy when it's on sale at the supermarket. We will all beat inflation together. Today we do have an eco-tip and it comes from Vanessa. Vanessa says that her office has a Keurig coffee machine And her coworkers often leave their K-cups in the machine after they've made their coffee. Super rude, by the way. Vanessa, you got some rude coworkers. Anyways, instead of taking them out and throwing them straight into the trash, Vanessa takes them out of the machine, removes the cover off the top, and dumps the coffee grounds into a glass jar with a lid that she brought from home. So she does this every single time she goes into her kitchen at work and she checks the machine. And once her jar is full of coffee grounds or anything else, frankly, she says that she can compost at work, she takes it home and she adds it to her compost pile. She says that this is a small act and that the K cups, so the plastic cups, do still get thrown away. But she feels really good knowing that she was able to divert at least some of that food waste, essentially, back into the earth for compost. So what a great tip, Vanessa. I love how creative this is. I love how you go the extra mile, but you go the extra mile in a way that's really not that hard. It's not that hard. You're not upending your life. And that's the type of ingenuity uh, we need to see more of in this world. So thank you so much for writing to me with that amazing eco tip. Listeners, if you have an eco tip, just shoot me a quick email. I'll add it into the eco tip section of our show. No eco tip is too big, too small, too silly, too stupid. We take them all here. And thank you for helping others on their eco-conscious journeys. I will see you on Thursday. Reach out if you need me and take care.